Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 472. I'm the Disc Golf Guy. Johnny's in Milwaukee, and we got a special in-studio guest. Shit's getting real tonight. We have a guest? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been kind of interesting, and full disclosure. The East Coast uh, kind of sucks. Not going to lie. Yeah, it's it's been an addition. It feels like it's been tougher this year than other years. Uh, obviously, most of the time, uh, once an event wraps up, we frequently will then have a guest from uh, the champion from the, that particular event. And this year, it's been extra tough obviously there's been scheduling issues everybody's driving from next spot to next spot we start very late which i think is probably one of the number one challenges Mm -hmm. but uh yeah unfortunately i had uh, reached out multiple times maddie o was pretty much the number one suspect that everybody on the planet i'm sure wants to hear from and the only excuse i'm going to take at this point from maddie o for not getting back to me and not joining us tonight the only valid excuse would be he was out celebrating of epic proportions on Sunday or Monday and threw his phone in a river. That would be about the only thing uh, that I would now make for an excuse. And the, the funny part about that is it's probably also the most likely. It's probably the most practical his phone of what's be happened. At the because, of the uh, I mean, the, the, yeah, the Maple Hill Pond. That's actually a really good point. It could also be there. So uh, we will not have Matty O, but of course we're going to talk about what we saw from MVP Open this last week. We'll talk a little bit about what we're going to see for the U.S. Women's Championship taking place in Burlington, North Carolina. Of course, that's the major. And uh, then we'll see how things go from there. But I think without further ado, we've got a three-time world champion and i'm not including any kind of glow i'm not including any kind of junior worlds uh any kind of mini golf we're talking about three-time world champ nate doss what up t-dog welcome in buddy i i know we don't have Mattio, and i i'm actually the most sad about that because i really wanted to talk to maddie it's been so long since i've actually got to talk to him but uh man i mean it was a great 
performance, really. Yeah, uh, let, and let's start there. Uh, so right off the bat, of course, crazy weekend, playoff event. People are shifting around. Points mattered so much. We talked about points to death, so to speak. <laughs> like every other update, there was a points update about things going on. But I want to I want to start with. Maddie O and uh, whether it's a story or an insight or just anything that you could give all of our listeners that might be a little more specific to you and Maddie O throughout the previous couple of decades, an interaction, a battle, uh, an event, a crazy travel story. Is there any, what, what jumps out at you? The the biggest thing that jumps out at me about Maddie O, and, and I first met Matt in 2005, um, we played a few of early rounds at the World Championship together, and then he ended up making the final nine. And the final nine was Matty O, Barry Schultz, Ken Climo, and myself. Damn. And Matty O wore a Derek Jeter jersey. Now, you can go onto YouTube and, and find this final nine. It was, it was a good final nine. Um, it was great to have Kenny and Barry in the group. At the time, Barry was the defending champion. And Climo, of course, was searching mm. for his 12th world title. And uh, But here's what I'll say about Matty O. Now, of course, for me, I won the Worlds. It was a great... I'll never forget it. You handed me a, a, mm-hmm. a beautiful gift from Discraft. But back to Matty O. He goes out wearing a Derek Jeter jersey. He's in fourth place. Now, this is a final nine, so he can't go down. Best place to be in, mm-hmm. in a final nine. And we get to about the fourth hole of the final nine, and it was this big, long par five that went down and left, played down this huge hill, left along the water. And they start, I think it was Schwebby or somebody starts throwing money on the tee, throwing money on the tee for a three. Mm. It was like $50 to anybody who gets a three. And th- this is during the final nine of the world championship. <laughs> Where $50 carried a lot more weight than it does I, right now. I was like, $50? <laughs> what? Come on, I could double my payout? Are you kidding me? Um, and I'm kind of just sitting back, like just kind of laughing about the whole thing. I was just in my own world. But Are you at all annoyed? No. No. Okay. I, was- I ha- my caddy at the time, Hagen, Jim Hagen yep. out of California. Yep. And I also had Harold Hampton there. And uh, Stevie was there. They're just like, ignore it, dude. It's fine. It's all good. And I actually did kind of laugh about it. So they start. So it goes fifty dollars, a hundred dollars. I don't know if you can remember the number. I don't remember. It what was it got a to. bigger number. Mm-hmm. It was like five hundred bucks. Yep. Let's just say it's five hundred. It could be a lot more. I don't or less. I don't know. So I'm not playing this hole for three. <laughs> I'm playing it safe as can be, down the gut, playing it, keeping mm-hmm. it out of bounds. There's OB all over the place. Matteo just goes for it. He goes, kills this drive down the hill, goes way down left, gets way up there, blasts this shot all the way down this tight fairway with water on the right. Matteo gets the three. And it was amazing. The crowd went wild. Matteo got a whole bunch of extra cash. And I'll never forget that because to this day, what did we just see just a couple of, well, two days ago? Matteo performing under pressure with $18,000 on the line, by the way. Was it 18 or 16? Uh, he, got eight, he got 18. 18. Yeah, yeah. 
$18,000 on the line. He's on the T of 11, no chance, really. You think about it, he's on chase. He hasn't been playing well to that point. And he went on one of the best birdie runs that I can remember of all time in a final round Yeah, to go on and take the win. And number two for me, and I think probably you and Johnny will agree, I have never once seen a lead card be out of it so early. Oh, I don't yeah. believe, I don't and believe I just, it's ever. Yeah, I, I don't think it's ever been that. Yeah, way. and like it was so. Yeah, was, and 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 that's so partially. Well, and that's also partially due to the new era of disc golf because tee times have only really become as much of a thing in the pro tour days. For the most part, yes, we've had national tours. Uh, of course, even though live scoring was always a different story back then, whatever. But yeah, in, in certainly, um, it, there's so many times where golfers were out there, and if if there was somebody making a push from a different card, you'd have no idea. True, you know that but, goes way back. But that, I don't want to yes. play the way back machine. <laughs> sure. But no, if no, you no, look at you. let's just go to the start of the of the disc golf pro tour. Yeah, I have never won, and I I agree. For me, it goes even farther back than that. Yeah. But for all of our fans at home, just to keep everything somewhat relevant, I've never seen a lead card a be put under that much pre- that much pressure that early, and b be really counted out as they step to the whole the tee of fifteen. Yeah, you know, Matteo, the performance he put on, and there's a story that maybe you know more about where he didn't actually know the scores because he couldn't. Matteo's phone couldn't work. Now, maybe this is a problem. <laughs> this is a full tie-in. <laughs> Clearly. Maybe this is all tied in, but we have heard. Go on. So, to give you guys a perspective, Maple Hill, beautiful, amazing. It's in not the middle of nowhere because you're surrounded by a big city and all mm-hmm. these other things, but it's like out in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. And the cell phone coverage is like, eh. But what people don't realize is that those cameras that we're using, they take – this much of the bandwidth, <laughs> and they leave everybody out there with this much. Mm-hmm. And the, we have problems with U-Disc. You have all the fans at, on the course going, Where, where's all the scores? Let's mm-hmm. check our scores. Or they're live streaming to their buddies on, I, yep, you know, on yep. FaceTime, and they're, on, <laughs> they're like front row on the, on the 18th green. And so Matty O and his caddy uh, couldn't get the scores. Yeah, that's what we were hearing. And it sounds to me like, was it Aaron Gossage who Matty went, he went and said, hey, dude, what do I got to do? And Aaron's like, I up. think you got to lay it up. <laughs> so <laughs> when, I, you're I talking, when you're talking to your competitor, your competitor, the guy who just like eight or nine holes ago was looking like the favorite to win this. Like Aaron yeah, Gossage was on a run early on the front nine. And people were thinking like, oh, maybe Aaron's going to get his. Um yeah, when, when you suddenly turn to your comp- yeah. <laughs> competitor and be like, hey, what do I got to do? And your competitor, I mean, it, it goes to show where we are at disc golf in general. Your competitor just says, oh, yeah, no, dude, lay this up. You got, you have to do that. This is yours. Yeah. And it wasn't a great layup, but <laughs> he kind of missed that, uh, missed the, the hot zone. He ended up right behind that tree on 18, but, you know, no big deal, obviously, with yeah. the, the well, step up. I just think he probably didn't really, he probably didn't even really practice it. No. You know, I mean, Matty's yeah. such an aggressive player, and I, I just don't think he practiced it. 
and it was something that I heard when they all so they tapped in that group immediately went into the scoring uh you know mm-hmm. building or whatever that room what's that called they got a name for that scorers scorers shack no, like the scoring shack on the something. property okay yeah. either way i thought no. cuz the sap house is on it, the other side yeah, of the exactly green. so i don't know anywho they go in there and i heard aaron gossage said i started it off and you finished it up and I thought that was really big of Aaron Gossage. You know, I think Aaron's been on the edge so many times. He could have easily been a chip on his shoulder, a little bit pissed that it didn't mm-hmm. go his way. And mm-hmm. you can see the way Aaron's uh, whole round finished with, you know, those bogeys. And he ended up going birdie, birdie, finish. But I don't know. I just thought that was big of Gossage. And then it was just a who's who of disc golf that came <laughs> into that shack. This was the, the group the chase card's still on 13 or 14 at this, or maybe like Tia 15. Mm-hmm. And everybody's coming in giving Matty a hug. That was cool. Yeah, dare I ask both of you as to, and I don't. it's not just a popularity contest, but who's the next person to get a win where, where we'll even sniff that, even remotely that close of of excitement? I, Who, I don't. Who's the, who's the person that, I, there's, there's not going to be another one as big. Not for a while. I don't think at all. But yeah, because Matty O's gone so long. Who, the, the who is, ch- Owen was the yeah. last one, I felt, because Owen was looking for that. She had taken okay. second, just like Matty O, so many times. Sure. And on the FPO, obviously on the FPO side, where she won at D-Glow, which was awesome. You know, it's she did it. Uh, with MPO, I'm trying I'm trying to think if there's anyone in FPO now that, 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 yeah, is, I that mean, is beloved is, and... But there's there's no one that's been playing quite like that. Maybe maybe if Corver won another one, it could be like that. But that would I mean obviously we're Here's stretching. What, but for MPO, yeah, I, I don't I know agree if, with you about that. I don't know. Maybe Ben Callaway would be the next because he's been grinding for you know God. We've been hearing about Callaway for ten, twelve years, but he's. I don't want to say he's new on tour, but he hasn't been touring as long. Yeah, he's he's relatively. Yeah, I mean he he was yeah, always I mean, the, the you awesome know, the next local. two big names, the next two biggest names that don't have wins that we know are coming are going to be Barella and Heim and Heimberg mm-hmm. with a major specifically, but Barella in terms of a of an elite series at least. Those are I feel like two of the biggest names that are still looking for two of their bigger titles that that feel inevitable. But yeah, I don't know who that next. If if I if I dig if I dig deep now I do agree with you that I think if Juliana won an elite series event and or a major I think historically especially for people like us three it would be huge it would be like oh my god how how is this even possible and it would show show her determination but her personality wouldn't create that buzz yeah right correct. there was there was a buzz on that green and it was because of Matty O and we have to give Matty O credit for just being so kind of aware and living in the moment he wasn't really like off in the clouds he was like enjoying it if I think about somebody like a big name that I think would be kind of crazy I think Brody Smith I think if Brody Smith won an event like that I think there would be a hype around it because of where he started and if yeah. he were to get that victory, yeah, I just the, think that would be like a big boom one. The hype would be there, Huge. but like you're saying, not necessarily the longevity. And then uh, as the board, I don't know if the competitors would, would be like 
swarming him like Matty. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Right. Oh, but, comparing to the competitors. Yeah, but I, I think but if double Yuli, G or Yuli, Yuli would, double for G, sure. Double G or Yuli would need their major. They yeah. both they both have yeah. elite series. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know we were talking about the the other players. Just the, yeah, I think it's just the general I, overall. I could see maybe maybe like a Proctor as well would be because he's been around for so long but again he's newer to the tour this is like his only truly a second year full-time on tour i don't know what his yeah. relationship is with the other players like Matteo. i know he's well liked but i don't know if he's beloved like Matteo has been so yeah yeah Matteo's just such a character he's just he such is. a character <laughs> and every every person on that on that field everybody has had some little interaction with Matteo. there's almost nobody out there that hasn't been like hey have you have you ever talked to Matteo? no i'm not that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, yeah. so know. uh awesome to see uh and it's kind of crazy as i was just scrolling down looking at various names to to scroll down and see you know a, a gentleman who just finished second at the worlds on very different relatively different property and layouts and course configurations, but Anthony Barella finishing in a tie for 69th, essentially second to last, second to last. And then Jake Wolf, who we were just watching uh, perform in uh, Rochester and throwing all those wild. And again, this is as competitive, competitive of a field because we're dwindled down to 72. It's the playoffs. Everybody earned their spots. So somebody's got to take, you know, last or near last, and it could be obviously a good player. But you're specifically to see someone who just two weeks ago finished second well, in the world and then to see a Barella in, in a, a tie for 69th, that's got to be shocking to some. And not sure. not to call anybody out, but I mean, look at that. Look at the bottom of the division right now. Versus almost a week or two weeks ago, Andrew Fish, who took like fifth place at the AFDO and is known for being a woods golfer. That's how competitive this is. Barella, yeah, so. uh, like you said, Wolf, Jake Mon, Lu- Linus Carlson near the bot, which is shocking. Yeah, you know, but that's the level of competition that we're running into, especially at these. Um, at these events, you you have to be a killer. You just there is, it's it's kind of amazing some of the players yeah. that we still see up at the top year or event after event, but year after year as well. Yeah, real quick, big shout out. I think it's worth mentioning and then some again. Le Castro turned thirty five. Happy birthday to mm-hmm. him! But gets two aces. Wow, seriously during this weekend. Two aces this weekend. He aces four in round one, and then later goes on to ace hole number thirteen, the downhill in round four. Like both of those are <laughs> nasty birds yeah. or aces. Yeah, like oh my god, thirteen, thirteen's insane. Is insane to yeah. get to the point. The new you- pin <laughs> twisted even more in there. Like yeah, and I then, and then like I ace ran thirteen years is, ago. He doesn't even cash. But, yeah, I ace ran thirteen years ago, but that it was a different pin placement, and it was ridiculous. It's just where it is now. Not not a chance. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's a big shout out though. <laughs> Two aces in one tournament. I yeah, mean, that's and then, and then we follow that up, that up. And and if you were paying attention, you heard maybe us say it. Marweed. For the second time in the last, like, month, Marweed gets an ace, 
during a final round and doesn't get shot, shot of the day. day. Uh, of course, he aced hole number seven back at uh, Ledgestone, uh, and then Calvin had aced hole number ten, and when uh, and then Cole Riddell went on to win that event. So it was kind of overshadowed. Right. Seven, arguably the easiest hole at Ledgestone, and ace is an ace though. And then he goes and aces during the final round uh, this weekend on hole number uh, eight. eight. <laughs> and <laughs> unfortunately, still not shot of the day. But nonetheless, congrats uh, to Marweed for that. And congrats, Marweed uh, just proposed uh, to his lady friend. And uh, well, she was out there this week. Fiance. Weekend, so so now, she must have said yes. Well, at the time, she was lady friend. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. But she was on the bag, so she must have said yes. Yeah, right? think, you'd Well, I mean, so you're here on. anyway. Might congrats. as well, even if you say no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Imagine she says no, and he's I, like, yeah. Just I just want to, four rounds. Could you just get me through the playoffs? I just want to keep this professional, Andrew. I'll still be your caddy, but you know, you know, we need we need a work. But work done. <laughs> That's right. We need a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I just need you to sign this contract now. Now we're going to go to a contract. So uh, anyway, congrats to them. That was new, and I don't even know if we mentioned it last week, so it's worth mentioning. Uh, Brian Earhart also proposed uh, to Lindsay right after the press conference at the at World Worlds. Championships. Yeah. So congrats to them as well. So, yeah, lots of uh, craziness going around. And and then just real quick uh, before we move over to FPO action, I, I, this falls in line with everything I just said about the competitiveness. You have the likes of uh, when you look at who cashed, Brody looks like he took last cash Holy cow, was there a, like a six-way tie for last cash? Yeah. Yeah, Gavin Babcock, Kyle Klein, Casey White, Evan Scott, Aiden Scott, and Brody Smith all took tied for 25th. That should have been last cash spot. Yep. Um, Albert Tom, Chris Dickerson, Andrew Presnell, Bradley Williams, Greg Barsby, Nico, Sampson, Coling, Schultz, uh, so on and so forth. James Proctor, who's been Mr. Consistent this entire year, you know, right up there like uh, with the likes of Heimberg, just a few spots below him every weekend. Uh, crazy to see all of those competitors and others not cash this weekend. It's uh, it's wild out there. Well, one of the things I want to – I was just kind of bumping through the rounds, uh, one through four. Matty O dominated the back nine almost every round, except for, I think, round two. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at round one, oh, okay. and if you look at the front and back, obviously we all know the front is where you get your birdies. The back is where you kind of maintain, usually. You you can pick up yeah, a few see, of them. I think them. it's vice versa here. At I Maple Hill? it's opposite here. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Uh, the scoring takes place in the back. Yes. I don't know. Yes. There, if you look at the scores. I bet money on it. <laughs> if, you looked at, if you look at the scores, there's I, more I, bogeys I, on the back nine. We're step Mando when we need them. If we really break it down, you you think about some of the uh, well, hardest holes on the course. I'll say I'm, I'm no, looking. I'm looking. Six. I'm looking at the top five to top five to ten players. So, but right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One one was nearly impossible to birdie Let's, this week. I, I bet on a hole one. There was like thirty birdies. Oh, sure. For the weekend, I mean that's sure. four rounds. Seventy two guys going through. You have twenty birdies. Yeah. Fast forward, hole five is always weird, but we get birdies on that. Then you get mm-hmm. to six, seven, and nine. Those yeah. were three of the hardest yes. holes on the course. When you get when you when you get to the T of ten, no matter where you are in your round, you're thinking I got a birdie ten, 
11, and boy, they were smashing drives on 12. I think they had that big t- tailwind helping them get up and over the ridge. Those are all birdies, but then 13 is a tough birdie. 14 is insane. 15 is gettable. 16 is gettable. And then, of course, 18 is always the hardest hole. I think the two nines kind of balance out, but I could just see that. looking at the final round, it, it does look like the back nine was played better by the top in the back nine this year. Because I'm this looking, is what I'm saying. But anyway, because from everything I watched, you watched all these players start to fold in the back nine. Like when from the yeah. broadcast, you watched Kelvin. Other than really? Maddie, yeah, like Kelvin was on a tear. When he was on his, uh, well, when, when yeah, we were sure. when we were talking about his, you know, epic round, he gets the back nine, he folds. Simon and Eagle get to the back nine, fold. Like all these guys that just had, um, that had rounds going for them, they all folded on the back nine. Like they just couldn't get through those, um, uh, what thirteen through. I just gotta 16. say, yeah. Albert, Albert, Tom, and Chris Dickerson, who both barely missed <laughs> cash. Started their final round five for five, which is insane. Yes, like that is nuts. such a hard run, you know. Because even though we're talking about getting birdies, that is tough to do. Tom ends up going on to shoot five under for the round, so he kind of came up at that point. Dickerson, on the other hand, he went on to drop fourteen spots and shot three over. Oof! I don't feel like he- he's eight over for the final what. 14 holes or something? I don't feel like he traditionally plays well there, which is shocking to if it if it is true. It, I don't it is feel because like he's he such well a there. wooded player. Exactly. I mean, he's so good in the woods. So, but he's so good everywhere. I just I, that's just it. <laughs> so, this course gets under your skin. And you two know this. Yeah. You two know this. It gets under your skin almost more than any other course. It it, it just and that's what I think even looking at Barella. There's no chance that Barella is finishing second to last unless he effectively gave up. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And just was like going, being super aggressive and hitting trees and kicking OB. That's what I got to think. All right. Well, that's what we saw on the MPO side. We'll go ahead and uh, quickly I'll round out. Uh, who we saw in the top four spots. We, have, of course, had Matteo tying for second was Gossage and Eagle McMahon. And then fourth place in a tie was Ricky Wysocki, Simon Lazat, and, of course, Kelvin Heimberg because Kelvin can't finish out the, outside of the top four or God, five. Even, no matter what he does in a weekend, whether he's in 90th or 7th or 1st, it doesn't matter. Somewhere else in the top four is where he's going to finish. Spots two, three, or four, uh, according to his stats. Uh, ben Calloway, 7th all by himself, who got a lot of uh, extra I don't want to say extra airtime. That sounds like it's not deserved. He got airtime this weekend. Uh, that was the most. Oh, it was seen. well deserved. Exactly. Actually. That's yeah. right. That's what I mean. Uh, Ezra Robinson, who we didn't really see at not all. Not at all. He shot a six down, came up a couple spots. Yeah, and... he ends up tying Kevin Jones and then top 10, 10th spot, Alden Harris, smashing his buddy, Gannon Burr, who is <laughs> one behind him uh, as those two make some jabs. So. Uh, 18, I just had the number, I had it up a moment ago, but 18 grand for first place. Not too shabby which, of a weekend. Which uh, Matteo didn't even know. He had no clue until, I think, uh, Tournament Central what the payout was. Because 
Perkins, I watched a little bit of it. Perkins actually was uh, was telling him, and he was like, "Whoa!" So, yeah, know? and understandably so. Like, uh, you know, he probably, I, of no, course, but, I think yeah. he believed in himself going into that final round, but he's not thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm you know I'm going to go out and win my largest purse of my life, and I'm going to take this down from Chase Card today." Those probably weren't thoughts going into his head. Uh, going into the final round, but nonetheless, that's uh, how it turned out. So congrats to him. Uh, And I was going to go back for a moment. I know we kind of opened the show talking a little bit about that 2005 Worlds. Uh, Just to also throw this out, put it in perspective, 2005 World Championships, Orem finished in a tie for second with Barry Schultz at Worlds. They were a full three strokes behind you, and you gave... Orem three strokes during that final nine. So you had him by six. Coasting. And he shot the hot final nine. <laughs> yeah, he had, he shot the hot final nine uh, to shoot a 27 uh, uh, on the final nine holes. Doss, you gave up three strokes to him. So Yeah, I mean, and again, if I, I kind of mentioned it when I was talking about that story earlier. For, for those of you who are just new to the sport, and watching the Smashbox podcast, well, thank you, because these guys are awesome and we love them. But if you're new to the sport and you've never seen a Final Nine, it's fine. It's the top four players, they play nine holes. You can't go down. You literally can't go down. Mm-hmm. If you're in fourth place, you have the key to the castle. Do whatever you want. You could shoot 12 over and make the same amount of money and finish in the same spot. That is in my opinion, was one of the biggest challenges in a final nine, especially when the players were close. Yeah. Because the guy at the top, guy or girl at the top, had everything to lose, and the person who was in fourth had nothing to lose. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Matteo, he that final nine, he kind of took over. Yeah. Uh, and also, just for comparison's sake, since we already, already have it up, uh, you won five grand for first place for the world championship title. Cha-ching. Orem. Took everybody to Atlantic City, and I was only 20, so I couldn't gamble. <laughs> I bought like 15 people buffet breakfast the Dang. next morning in Atlantic City. Wow. Pearl, Val, Avery, felt yeah, oh, no. a whole crew, crew of yeah, people. Nice. Well, uh, so go on. Uh, Orem, Orem's 2,500 probably didn't, wouldn't get you through all that. Orem and Schultz each won 2,500. Climo won 1,500 for fourth. And then Steve Rico won, just barely missed out on the final nine, won 1,200. And I just want to say this. There's Schwebby, 10th place. Schwebby was right in there, I remember. Schwebby's on the board, 700 bucks. More than he probably won this weekend. And you probably won both events this weekend. Exactly. He certainly added a couple wins to his (laughs) thing. Last thing I'll say about what we've seen with the money it is amazing. And I. When I was a young kid, this is what I dreamt of. Now, did I dream of seeing all this on Sports Center and ESPN? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And we might get there. I mean, seriously, we might get there um, in, in who knows how long. But to see the payouts, to see these players making that much money is amazing. It is truly amazing. And I could not say that I'm any happier for any one of these players that have had life changing experiences. Matteo. Maybe with this win and all of his contracts, with all of his sponsors, I hope he can go buy a house down in Mobile, have somewhere to call home when the game does go away and he's not able to play. Those are things that we – I was the final generation, and maybe I I left a little too early in that sense, but 
where we 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 didn't do that. We didn't buy houses with what we earned. We just <laughs> made it to the next weekend. We we lived incredible lives. But I'm just so happy. The one thing I'll say when it comes to basically the worlds, I don't think the money changes the prestige. When I look back at all no. of the world champions, they're still world champions, and they beat the best players that were available in the world at that time mm-hmm. um, from, from Harold Duvall all the way to Isaac Robinson. So the money to me in, is amazing and I'm so happy about it, but I don't think it changes the prestige. Cause when you look at even what Matty O did, he beat the 72 best players in the world. Yeah. He could have won five bucks. He could have won s- 7 million bucks. He still beat the 72 best players in the world. Terry, real quick. All right. Speaking real, real yep. quick. I want to, I want to follow up. Um, front nine versus back nine. Front nine oh, plays negative point two under par. Back nine plays negative point nine two. So technically, the back nine is easier, but oh, hole nine really skews that because it plays almost. It plays it like does. it plays point like point six over par. So you take that out, and it's very even. But hole nine does Ooh. push it at yes you're right hole nine because it yes. is technically on the back nine yes or on the front nine uh does make that yeah. significantly easier. but but i mean overall if you look at the holes i think nate you're right that they do balance out pretty well with the exception of the one hole that just kind of weighs everything down but you, yeah there there's just so much i to to me it's really four is not as much dangerous but Five can be a blow up and have so much danger. Six can mm-hmm. be a blow up and have so much danger. Seven doesn't have as much danger, but it's very difficult to get to. Eight can be a, a blow up, and then nine is just super difficult. Like yep. those four holes, there's just so. And the, in the back, there's not any. There's not blow up holes, right? Like there's all holes you that are tough that you could go over par on. The only blow up hole really is fourteen, and most people didn't yeah. end up blowing up Correct. there. Calvin did well, round 18 one. Eighteen or fourteen, those yeah. are like the two. You, you ones. just don't have a. You have so many where more you're blow seeing up triple holes. bogeys. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, that's going to segue perfectly uh, as we talk about wins. Yes, Brian Schweberger's on the board. Yes, Brian Schweberger did win two hundred and. winning two events this weekend. He won the Big Bear 3, and he won the 2023 Eco Tour, powered by Prodigy, uh, Hosky Creek. A Hosky Creek. Anyway, Brian, two more wins this weekend. He wins on Saturday the 16th. He wins on Sunday the 17th. I think that brings his number to 381. So, Schwebby... Scroll up. Your, sh- your shout outs are going to cost you more than what you just won. That's that's what I'm going to tell you. Yes, 381 is the number. So congrats to one Brian Schweberger this weekend. All right. Let's, let's talk to head FPO. over to the FPO side. Haley King. Wild. Yeah, she played Wild. the back nine very clean on that final round to come back and catch Kristen Tatar. I mean, she birdied 15, 17, and 18 in order to get and surpass Tatar, because Tatar bogeyed 16 and 17. That's mm-hmm. really what it came down to. And Owen, I mean, Owen made a run at it, but just was too far behind going into those those final five or six holes, plus the seven, the triple bogey she took on 11, really took the wind out of her sails. But to fight back and get four yeah. of the last five, that, that, there's, some, there's some fight in her, but... Yeah, she- 
but ultimately, she absolutely yeah. had a chance to win it on the final hole. Yeah, I, correct. Just, she was so overshadowed mm-hmm. because we were keeping our eye on Kristen, who had the lead, who was then letting it slip away, and and then Haley, the way she was charging, and then got there. But Owen was one hundred percent right there and could have won it on the final hole. Yeah, as it would well. Have, it would have required the final hole. Well, yeah, it would have required Haley to not play it well or play it for par even in order to go to a, a three way playoff but i mean it just just keep in mind own had the exact same mm-hmm. chance to win it on the final hole that Kristen did yeah, but yep. it's like it's it, it just didn't it doesn't feel that way because Kristen did build such a big lead but it was very easy to like overlook i'll be the first to admit i did it was very easy to overlook the fact like oh yeah own could still win this run the final hole she's just one freaking back so was Kristen. yeah but yet you you felt like it was a two woman race because the narrative for the, for so many holes was just Kristen, and so I I totally apologize uh, <laughs> because it wasn't until later that it kind of just hit me square in the eyes. I was like, wow. well, I think the triple bogey, you know, it's about the pace of the round, especially as a commentator. You're you know you're focusing in on who's going to win. You're trying to call the golf at the time when Owen took the triple bogey. She was playing about as good as anybody in the group, although Kristen was playing a, a, a tick better at that time. Think, I mean, Kristen started her round off smoking hot. Yeah. And, and, and then that triple bogey came and you kind of say, you go triple bogey, par bogey. So you're four over in a span of three holes. You, you as a commentator, you kind of check her off the list. You say, okay, now we're okay. Now it's between these two. What's going to happen? I think even heading into 17, you still are thinking Kristen's going to win this thing. Yeah, until but until she, she misses she, that she putt. Played. Yeah, she misses that putt, and she missed a lot of putts this weekend. But mm-hmm. you got to hand it to Haley for sticking in there and giving herself an opportunity, and then to birdie 18 with all that pressure, with those two chasing. I mean, mm-hmm. she earned it. Yeah, it was a beautiful she shot on, on 18, just to put herself where she was for that. I want to—I don't want to say easy, but for Haley King being so predominantly good at forehand for the for so long, she was able just to pull out a mid-range or a putter, whatever it was. It was a pretty thick rim disc. I couldn't quite tell, and just right where she wanted it. There was no question. It didn't look like she had any nerves. It looked like a routine shot for her, which is amazing considering the things we've seen on hole 18. In the past, and I think back to like, obviously, like Maddie O had talked about losing it on 18. I remember uh, Ricky losing it on 18. We saw Coriolis lose it on 18. Like 18 has bro- has broken people in the past. Mm-hmm. I and I and this is on the FPO side. I've seen Val lose it on 18. Oh, I, I mean, I watched her make the mistake, go B, and she lost it to I believe. I think it was Katrina one that year. I mm. it's just I, I could be wrong with that, but I've seen that happen. And I just it, eighteen. If you've never been there, you just you really don't know. Yeah, it it's, it's literally turned. What is that? Ninety ninety degrees mm-hmm. to where you're throwing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's such an unique angle, and that space is actually pretty small so to know they're hitting it with a forehand from as far back as they are uh is has been incredible to see um i guess the 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 real question i think that comes up is 
does this show that I, I think it's answered. It shows that Kristen's not perfect under pressure. Mm-hmm. And and here and the only reason why I say that is because look at there was such a stark similarity if that can be used that way. It's usually contrast, but there <laughs> is, there's such a glaring similarity that of the final putt at Champions Cup last year. Sure. The final putt or two in 2022. Those final putts and then the putt that we saw on 17, when she puts that in, it, certainly she's not guaranteed the win, but she puts that in for birdie, and there's some breathing room. All right, yeah. she takes a sigh of relief. You expect you expect her to make that putt nine and a half out of ten times. Yeah, right. And I'm not saying it was an easy putt, but we expect her to make that. I don't expect me to make that. I definitely don't expect Johnny to make that. But we expect Kristen to make that putt. Well, she expects to make it as well. And she does as well. And so I I just think of the pressure and knowing the scores, knowing where everything was. And I'm I'm not insinuating she doesn't play well generally under pressure. I'm not insinuating that. I just... It was one of those times where I gasped because Waco I throws just all this out of couldn't believe it. I mean, what about her performance yeah. in Waco? Yeah, where, where she Waco, where, where, where she, she dropped charging, down a thirty-five footer. Uh, well, I mean, she still had to hit a thirty-five footer into the wind to win it with a death putt. I agree. Like that's I, I don't think. And I listened to another podcast who broke it down. Is like if you look at Tatar, there's been really six events over the last two or three years where she has been very close. Or chasing, she's won three of them and she's lost three of them. Now I'm not going to say that this particular event wasn't due to pressure. She's never won Maple Hill. That could have been in the back of her head, thinking, "I I, I want to win this event." She has come in third, the, or sorry, second, the last three times she's played it. So maybe maybe the pressure yeah. did get to her, just thinking, "I if I birdie out, if I get this, you know, you don't know what's running through her head that she hits that and then." No. Tickles chains rolls away. I mean, it was an unfortunate roll, but you know, and then to miss obviously miss that comeback. But the comeback was way more difficult than the than the initial putt. So yeah, that so uh, you know you think like how unfair that almost felt for a moment. I mean, I think mm-hmm. back to Ben Calloway getting a terrible roll away as well uh, on that particular. It's one thing to miss it. And then to know you're going to have a long comeback, twenty five, maybe thirty feet. It's another thing for it to then catch edge and then make it even more challenging on top of it it's just like you know getting kicked while you're down uh, not, certainly so not I not to I, take I, it away I'm from not, the fpl but that puts look at what maddie o did that dude hit like a 40 footer looking at the looking at the ridge like what a, what a stud that was like, nasty in the zone that was just, nasty. just in the zone I, yeah i don't think it mattered where a basket was no maddie o was finding it <laughs> yeah, right no, like I, I know the, i i just feel like <laughs> He was so dialed in that nothing mattered, and the Correct. basket probably looked, you know, four times bigger than it really was. So, yeah, it is. It is wild. I know we went into the the weekend like it, it is essentially a compliment when you're pointing out the fact that hey, she's played here twice and somehow hasn't won yet. Well, now she's played here three times and somehow hasn't won, and uh, that's that's wild to think that maybe just maybe there's a little tiny. Maple Hill monkey on her back now, or Maple Hill squirrel on her back, or something uh, that Kristen just just <laughs> Can hasn't I, locked it in. And and she did not putt well for the week. 
No, I feel like that was definitely the Achilles heel, and you kind of have to take Thursday or uh, Saturday's round. Kind of, sure. you just put that one to the side. So, looking at her putting statistic, I was just quickly kind of comparing things. For the week, she punted seventy six percent from Circle One X. Now, I thought, man, that seems like a pretty low number, right? I went for the season. Guess her C One X percentage putting. Probably it's easy. Seventy eight. 76%. Oh, is it? No, okay. 76%. They were exactly oh. the same for the tournament and wow. the season. You and clicked so, on all the right buttons. Uh, hey, I have <laughs> been – look at Here's MVP. I, I checked it three times even, Terry. You know me with numbers. Uh, we have seven holes left. That's yeah, an inside go. joke from the round. Um, but when you look at her for the season, I mean number huh. one in fairway hits, number two in park jobs, first in, first in circle one in regulation, circle Second two in regulation. circle two. Yeah, I mean it's it, – it, you know, wow. at, at the end of the day, she putted for the tournament what she puts for the season. Now, based on her circle one in regulation, she has a ton more opportunity, mm. right? Because yep. she's in circle one in regulation 42% of the time. So, I don't know. I just I, – I think a lot of people are going to look to the putting for Kristen when it, it was kind of average for her. Yeah. But it's all because of what we saw in 17, which is a dangerous green. And I remember as Matteo was walking up, I said to you and Sexton, I go, Matteo's got to be careful here. Nobody would blame him even for laying this up. Yeah. And he, he of course, he cashed that putt. Chris in a similar situation, hits the basket, rolls away, which could happen to anybody. Absolutely uh, wild when it was all said and done. So congratulations. Haley King is is proved time and time again that she has every skill you need oh, yeah. she she throws what looks so effortless uh, effortlessly out there you look at Haley throwing a 350 foot shot and then you look at Kristen throwing a 350 foot shot just night and day difference <laughs> like Haley makes it look so easy when she's out there and her long range putting is also incredible as I was seeing C2 putts is it own or is it Haley uh, is the best in the in the division that's my question C2 putts uh, is to, the for, for the season for C2 putting for this 2023 is it goes Silva Tatar uh, own Aria hmm. Morgan Linz we go down there and then you just keep scrolling down. Okay. Down. Ha- huh. Haley, Haley's at about 16%. Interesting. Yep. I'm, I'm surprised by that. And obviously some of those numbers are, I don't want, they're not skewed. They exist. Uh, but Morgan Linz has played far less events on the, on the tour and had far mm-hmm. less opportunities, but clearly has had a better percentage of them. So nonetheless, well, congrats of course to Haley. I mean, how could you not be massively entertained by this weekend, right? I mean, obviously, we had the FPO battle. It was epic. The MPO battle was epic. Uh, the only, I think, su- surprise was someone who's been so hot this year for the last half of the year, and you put her right up there for, with every single event. You, you think if anyone slips, you think of Missy, Missy Gannon yeah. being right there ready to pounce, and it was not her weekend at all, which is just really surprising, I think, for everyone to see. I mean, did she... Yeah, she cashed, tied for 13th, down with Deanne Carey at 13 over for the tournament. So, 
um, for whatever that's worth. Obviously, you, you know, we again, we've put her. She set a new bar for herself, and we've put her up there as such a contender, and she's going to continue to be one. It's not like you can't you you you're uh, not immune to ever having an off weekend, but definitely an off weekend by Missy Gannon's standards overall. So. Uh, all right, Johnny. Do you, what do we got? Can you round out? Do I have it in front of me? Round no, I can round it out. I'll so, round them out. We've yeah. got Haley King. Okay, go for it. Go ahead. No, you got all it. Right. Haley King, your champion. Kristen Tatar tied for second with Owen Scoggins. Evelina Salonen taking fourth. Holly Finley had a week for herself as well. That's a whole other discussion. She had 17 pars and a bogey during that final round, which is uh, pretty crazy. Holland Hanley also had a pretty solid week, finishing in sixth. Macy Valadez finished seventh, and then tying for eighth, Hannah Blumros and Valerie Mondahano. And rounding out our top ten, Allie Smith. Wow. And and with that, uh, Valerie Mondahano, by the way, finished with an eight on her final hole. And, wow, interesting to see that it didn't <laughs> – instead of tying for eighth, she would have – Take an eighth outright. Right. So yeah. it, somewhat inconsequential in that sense. Uh, but you never want to finish Maple Hill with an eight. Pretty crazy. Uh, real quick, I'll address the, so to speak, elephant in the room. <laughs> as plenty of people talked about it through the weekend, which I'm okay with. Yes, I am trying to. I was wondering if you could bring this up. I am trying to <laughs> accurately say Kristen Tatar. I don't say Kristen that way every time. Right. Tatar is how Tatar. That is how an is Estonian person would say it. Yes. And so I feel that it would make sense as a two-time world champion, as one of the most beloved, respected uh, ambassadors, superstars, again, two-time world champion. I don't see harm in trying for all of us to ultimately getting her name correct. And you're changing the emphasis. You're effectively saying the same name. You're just changing the yeah. emphasis to the Tatar. A. Yeah. Tatar. Tatar. And, and some people were... Instead even, of Tatar. Yes. And somebody was okay. giving me a hard time on our crew saying that I was saying Tartar. I was not... It, you may have heard that, but I, I'm not putting an extra R in there somewhere. <laughs> Tatar. Well, I know I'm sure Kristen does appreciate appreciate it, and I'll say this: if you go, I was questioning Terry. By the way, just so everybody <laughs> knows, out at home, I was giving him some trash because <laughs> uh-huh. um, I said if you're going to go all in, you got to go all in with the first name too. And an <laughs> yes. Estonian person wouldn't say Kristen; they'd say Christian. Kristen. But if you go to see some of the video coverage of her reminiscing about her last year's worlds i think the pdga did it yeah just before worlds this year on the world's channel she introduces herself yeah and that's where you can hear tatar yes and i think from what i heard from that video and what you're trying to do i'll give you like an eight out of ten here's where i failed here's where i I 100 (laughs) percent fall on my face and fail with the effort this weekend not 100 percent 60% 60% fall on my face is when I get excited or I don't think about it, I then revert, revert back yeah. to, to tar. And I 100% admit that. I know this. That's why I understand it created additional confusion. If I would have nailed tatar every single time I said it, I, it would have it went so much easier. But I didn't. 
there were plenty of times I just reverted uh, out of habit to Tatar, and I want to go a hundred for a hundred on saying Tatar. So and Rainer is is Rainer's on the board. Rainer, you're on the board. Rainer, who I know from Estonia, along with now a bunch of other Estonians, he says, "Good job, Terry." So I'll take it. That's I all do I need. think. That's all the validation I need. So here, here's something I was thinking about in general about pronunciations and whatnot. Like, are you Terry? Terry just left. He's like, I'm, he dropped the mic. He's like, I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> no, he's no, getting sorry. the fan going. I'm getting the fan going. All of a sudden, it's gotten warm in here. Yeah, because no, you're, you're fired up. You're fired up. Just how, wait till the beers start flowing. How much of that is accent based on where she lives? If if someone. Hundred percent. Yeah, because think of my name, Van Derzen. I go some. I go to the old world, and they and they maybe they pronounce it a little differently because I have ancestors there. Van Durzen. And I say no. It's Van Derzen. No, Van Van Durzen. Like no, not ur er. Do I do? Am I offended because they because they say er? They don't say er, and they say ur. Like I don't expect. Someone from a, and this is obviously, or some. Imagine someone from the south, just pronouncing a name. It just a- accents that, are tough. I brought no, all these arguments up. I'm sure you did. See, Nate, Nate and I are on the same page. I get it, and I'm I'm 100 okay with Terry. Obviously, you trying to pronounce the name as best as possible. I'm just curious as to how much of her pronouncing it is an accent based on where she grew up versus how we would pronounce it. Like, I, I here's what I think. Here's what I hope. Regardless of how we pronounce, Henna is the the number one person that everybody yells at that people are pronouncing her name wrong. Is it Blumrose? Bloomrose? Like, like people get all up in arms about it. And all I say is, guess what? We're not your native tongue. We're not mispronouncing your name. We're pronouncing your name with our accent. It's a little different because am I am I to mimic trying to mimic your accent? That's almost, I mean, depending on how you want to look at things, that's offensive, <laughs> you know? You know, if, if, I, if I make a, a, a stereotypical uh, European or Southern or Me- uh, Mexican accent, you know, whatever, people look at that as offensive. Or it's just, it's a funny way to look at it at, when you're talking about foreign names. And I'll go on record as saying, if your name has too many little accent or dots in it, I just give up. I'm sorry. You just, I'm dropping those. <laughs> Here, here's, here's, a great, here's a great example. When Cole Radolin yep. first came on the scene. Now, we, I, I had known Cole a little bit before, probably the world saw him on the Disc Golf Network. But it was, I think it was, it was Ledgestone. And he was making like the lead card or chase or whatever. And I texted him and I said, hey, Cole, how do you say your last name? Because on air, we were saying Redolin. We were. There was, and not only that, (laughs) there was several different ways to say it. Okay. It was like some people were saying Redolin, Redolin, whatever it was. I asked Cole, he said it's Radolin. It's exactly how he said it. And so now that's the way we say it. I, I, I also appreciate your position as the play-by-play commentator and the host of the show to make that effort to say these names yeah. properly. 
honestly, there's times when I'm just like, uh, I just say the first name. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a good, it's a perfect <laughs> Terry parallel. sees my eyes. <laughs> yeah, he sees my eyes and then he'll say the guy's last name. I'm like, okay, cool. I just, yeah. I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, it's it, tough. Uh, look, here's, here's one of our best examples, uh, I feel like. And again, when I was in Finland last year, I had her say it. And then I even recorded her saying it. And I said it in front of her multiple times. Heide Laine. Mm-hmm. It looks right. like Heidi. I get it. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you want to again argue whether that's that's actual pronunciation or accent or whatever, all I know is if she says "Heide Laine," yep, that's what I want to say. That's my best effort too. Now, clearly, uh, some people are just going to have very difficult names, you know, and are just more challenging than others. But if if you can get it, of course, I want to get it. So yeah, and, and I get it. Like Kristen. And and so many others have heard every you know wrong just butchering of it by a hundred different announcers live and and on video and everywhere in between and people they come across and they usually just handle it. No better examples on probably on the planet than the Mundahanos, right? People have been including Mandahano, myself Mandahano, have been yeah. butcher had been butchering J. their names forever. And same thing, I asked them because I wanted to make sure that I could get it right, but. They hear everything, and I even think you're on the tee. You're about to throw this super difficult tee shot. You're in the zone. You're ready to go, super high pressure, ready to go, and then someone just slaughters your last name. Like, how can you <laughs> – even though you're used to it probably all of your life, that for one second you have to be thinking, oh, that effing idiot. What, what, <laughs> what did they just call me? Like, uh, that's got to be very difficult, I, I would think. And again, they're professionals. Da 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 da. But well, sucks for you because my last name is actually pr- pronounced Dose. <laughs> dose. Dose. It's Dose, and you've been screwing it up I, for twenty five years. Then. I'm going to start calling you that three Big time. Dose. Uh, not Dose. <laughs> not Dose. Yeah, another one is the team manager for Discraft. His name is his last name is spelled. What you would think is Julio. Yes. It starts with J-U-L-I-O. a J. J-U-L-I-O. Yeah, and I think it's pretty fair for people to think it's his last name's Julio. His last name, the way they pronounce it, is Julio. Exactly. And it would throw you off mm-hmm. a million times we, over. I, I called him Julio Finally, for day goes, probably Julio. 10 years. I called him, I used to call him Julio. Right. He, uh, yeah. Because I think I heard Terry say Julio at one point. And then, yeah, and now, now obviously we all know it's Bob Julio, but. Uh. Yeah, it, it, you still, and you still, even though you know him, when you see yeah. his name or think about his last name, you still want to call him that, though, because that's how you would mm-hmm. think it would get pronounced. But yeah. Well, I think Kristen definitely Thought appreciates there. the effort, Terry. Well, yeah, I, I will I will continue to, uh, to unfortunately mess it up once in a while, but. I, no, I, I, I think it's a, there's no it's better. A good move. It's never too late to do it, right? Like you can always do better. So I'm going to do my best. <clears throat> uh, look at Yuli too. Just as a quick side note, somebody posted on the board. Like Yuli, at least Yuli's on video one at one point where he says it can be either, which is kind of bizarre to me. Where he says it hmm. could be Yulabari, Yulabari. He says it could be both or uh, Ula. Do, Ula bar. Yeah, or yeah, Euler, or however he does it. All I know is I go with, uh, now I'm going to have to second guess myself. <laughs> I try to consistently say Eula Berry. Eula Berry. I think of Barry. I think of Barry Schultz. Eula Berry. That's what I go with. Got it. I always go, and anyway, I always say so Eula Barry. Or not, 
Because I, I always I see that guy it. in a and, bar. And apparently... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I like uh, that. I yeah, like that. there you go. So uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> big shout out to Yuli. By the way, he's the last player in to the tour championships with the assumption that Paul McBeth is not playing. I yeah. ju- I had the whole show. I had to preface that because if you looked at the live standings on Sat Mando. Yuli was out yeah, because he wasn't bolded. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole thing with Parker Welk who gets an automatic spot, even though Parker's down in like the fifties mm-hmm. in the, in the standings, but Parker Welk will replace Macbeth who won't play, which then would effectively bring the 32nd person back into the fold. So that's why I kept having to kind of bring that up. But Huge congratulations to him beating out, you know, Garrett by just a couple of strokes and a few points, and he got in. It's pretty yeah. cool. We're almost 100% um, was, sure Paul really quite isn't playing because I, I believe I'm Hannah, Hannah is due twofold. in like seven, 17 days, and he's hurt. He he is – he's injured, and he's, he's – you know, the question would be, and only Paul can answer this, if, if Hannah was not – expecting a delivery date coming up soon. Would he be ready to try to play the USCGC? And then even then, would his shoulder hold up with whatever injuries he's dealing with to go then play the tour championship? Uh, Again, only he can answer that, but I think that's one thing. And then also, yes, the delivery is at some point and they live in Florida. It's not like they live in Charlotte where he can be playing and then like, Oh, I'm going to the hospital and see you later. Yeah, uh, everything that has been... I mean, Paul said it at the Worlds. He said, this is my last event. Uh, he's obviously dealing with both, like we said, the injury and um, the new addition to the family. So, yeah, we're not going to see him there. <laughs> uh, I th- I th- in talking to even, I think it was Hannah earlier in this year, if Paul was having a banner season and was just out there shredding left and right, I think there's more second guessing that could take place for a few of these events where it's like, oh yeah, I'm in, you know, I'm going to do what I can and maybe I make a last second decision to, to not play, but he's, he's not, that's not the case either. So maybe this is uh, just the right time and place to go ahead and, and it, you know, fully it, rest and recover. It's honestly, you never want anybody to be injured ever. I don't care who it is, even your worst enemy. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the fact that the decision is completely taken out of his hands and he can completely just focus on rehabbing the shoulder and being there with his wife for their first child, it it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, and this just in, Smashbox exclusive. I've got official, <laughs> as of 10 seconds ago, I just confirmed with Hannah. Do you know when they're due? You want to take a guess? I'm going to say they're due the th- the Friday of the tour championship. Hold on, let me guess. Wait. Oh, that's seven, four. I th- yeah, I'm gonna go with Oh, I was gonna October fifth. I'll I'll take the Ooh, Thursday. That's Ooh, early. Right right during right during the USDGC. Yeah, first day of USDGC. She is due the twelfth, which would be right, the so first day of I missed it by a day. Yeah. Damn yeah. it. Uh so uh, um, she's due the 12th, folks. So 
uh, right after USDGC. Hey, and this is assuming, and due dates we all know. We're late. all fathers. The, the we new, we the don't new, know any. Yeah, yeah, due dates mean nothing. They yeah. mean something but nothing. But so. They can come early, yes. of course. Yep, early and late, but, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so. Like every... There's there's all these old wives' tales of like you know your first kid might be you know is going to be early or it's going to be late. I've heard everything. Um, It just they come when they're ready. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And it's funny how everybody's really anticipating the delivery, but what ensues after (laughs) once you have a kid? It's it it doesn't matter. The delivery is a tiny sliver in time. Yeah, raising a child for eighteen years is (laughs) you know forever. Yeah, is you know so, uh, but I still would say, and I even said this to Paul: don't miss that moment. It is incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, so, best of luck, Hannah. You're probably listening to this at some point or another. Thanks for the uh, confirmation, and uh, we wish you nothing. <laughs> they looked but... so happy. Just they had their baby shower. Yeah, they looked. Aw- it, they, it was awesome. Yeah, Paul's at home baking and and uh, <laughs> you know doing all the all the the husband. Uh, partner things. Uh, so good for them. We love it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we saw. Uh, the MVP. I don't know if there were any other massive storylines as we were talking about who got in, who didn't. Uh, huge payout. Lots of fun. We saw the East Coast Metal Roofing. Johnny, uh, CTP contest. Johnny, did you have any? You probably didn't consume any of that. I did, did you? Uh, actually. You have any? any okay. And, any thoughts or takeaways on giving away twenty grand that way? It was... It was a little confusing as far as for a viewer. Now, thankfully, shocker, right? Yeah, yeah, I know a Steve Dodge thing that comes out confusing. (laughs) Who would have guessed it? Let me be a little over engineered. Um, Uh It it was a little confusing as to how they were doing uh, the the spectators, and they would draw a name, and you'd get something if they moved on. There was a little bit of that. There was a there wasn't a lot of information about you know what moving on gave you. Like, cool, I I just won. I get something for winning. It wasn't until the very end when it was like, oh, look, here's $4,000. And then the ending sucked, period. There's no better way to put it. Because, yeah, the person that had the advantage took advantage and then ended it. Both times, yeah. Like, I just feel like it's like the old. It's a CTP contest. Yeah, it's the old NFL overtime rules. Guess what? You score in your first. If the yeah. you know you score first, you don't. The defense doesn't get a chance. Like that didn't feel fair to me. I didn't like it for the NFL, which I'm glad they changed. I didn't like it for here because Eagle put one on the island, so to speak, where closest, and that was it. But yep. I mean, I understand Steve Dodge, his concept saying that I wanted it to end with a winning shot. Like that makes sense to me. But to not give the other person who made the finals a chance to even beat you you take some of the excitement out of the event like just to cool oh yeah i guess eagle wins and you don't get to throw haha <laughs> like and the same thing with holland holland did the same thing it just it felt a little bit deflating at the end for what i felt was a pretty fun and relatively exciting i don't think it was as exciting as the ace run but it was more active than the ace run because everyone likes to run at aces i that was my only downfall with it. Was just the very end of it. Just felt let down. Yeah, I just part maybe just because alone it didn't even go one full attempt. Like if Holland throws doesn't get in, then Evelina throws doesn't get in, and then Holland wins on on mm-hmm. the next throw. 
then maybe. But yeah, she basically ended it as quickly as she could have, yeah. which is, of, of course, what she's trying to do. She's not there for the drama. But yeah, if there would have been even one round during the finals, that I think would have totally changed our perception. But there wasn't even a full round. For a man who emphasized the overtime rules of multiple holes to to make sure that there was some fairness that, oh, we're going to play one in 18. To end it like that sure, sure. feels anti-Steve Dodge. And now that I think about it, I'm going to call him and complain about that. Uh, what what would have been cool Understandably, is, yes. like, is, is, every, is each player gets two shots and then you do you combine the distance or something. Like, oh, look, so-and-so was sure. 56 feet total away and he was... 82, 56 person wins or whatever. And then on top of that, I felt like they should have gone one more bonus round and put the winner of MPO against the winner of FPO because it was reachable for both of them. And Holland put it close. Eagle put it close. Just it would have been fun to see. That's all. Like that was kind of a little extra. I I don't think it was required, but I would have liked to have seen it just to. And I know you guys maybe didn't necessarily want it to stretch on (laughs) much longer, but or you guys are probably done by then, actually. No, so, we yeah. were out of there. Yeah, yeah. we were watching so it, it in, the, in the green room. Yeah, yeah. So, nonetheless, aka I, our living room. And at the end of the day, <laughs> it wasn't my twenty grand to give no. away, so I can only be so critical. But yes, it was. It was good to see that the money was given away, and that was their their entire intent. Was unlike last year, where obviously no one aced and no one won a million dollars or any kind of real winnings. They basically paid twenty thousand dollars to an insurance company and went home with a little bit of excitement. This year, you know, people walked away with cold hard cash, and 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 there's a, there is a story to be said, and it's probably it's obviously not probably it's obviously far more impactful for Holland Hanley with where she is in her disc golf career and in her career earnings and winnings to say that she threw one disc technically for four thousand dollars. Eagle, you know, isn't going to put that. Uh, you know, isn't going to retire that disc and, and put it in a Hall of Fame anywhere in Eagles Hall of Fame. Um, but for Holland, certainly uh, a pretty cool moment for sure. I, I was thinking, has Holland won? Uh, yeah, she finished second at Worlds. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, has she won four grand before? Like, I think, I think to, she did. To do that in one shot, so yeah, I feel like she uh, Probably did. at Worlds. At Worlds, yeah. 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 Pilcher brings up a point, and, and it, it's, an, it's a long-standing debate. For the CT for this particular CTP, Kelvin put it off the top of the bucket. He hit the basket. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Course. It's got to come to rest. It's got to no. come to okay. Because there's got to come to rest. I I understand. It's not closest to the pin M momentarily. Like, <laughs> it's gotta, it's closest to the pin, I, I, right? Like I now, get that. If you want to argue hmm. now, if you want to get silly, I think a much sillier but crazy argument is. Someone's touching the pole underneath, mm-hmm. and someone's in. At least there's an argument that could be had there because you're on the side of the basket, whatever. But like, yeah, no, he hit and goes forty, fifty feet away. That's because, I don't. Yeah, that means I'm with. Nothing. I'm a hundred percent with you because even if he would have been, we'll just say, six inches off the basket, that disc could have skipped fifty to eighty feet without. You know, the way it was coming in, I don't know for sure, but it, if it just barely misses, it hits the ground and it could skip way far away. So I'm with you. I just wanted to bring it up because I know it is. Ryan, it's not a closest to going in the basket. <laughs> that's a different. <laughs> yeah. That's different. Yeah. So 
I, but that yeah, was if that was the contest closest run closest yeah, run contest. Yeah, yeah, then then maybe he he could have those arguments. So, uh, yeah, Trevor Giant, who's out there, says a hundred dollar circle, uh, hundred dollar circle two, five hundred dollar circle one, thousand dollar metal hit, ten thousand ace, three throws. Okay, that's yeah, a, that, that'd be a that's fun. Another interesting. Yeah, I can skip uh, behind that. About it. So. Uh, again, we'll see what Steve does, but uh, uh, nonetheless, a, a fun side game. I think I would have still enjoyed the ice cream social more the next day, but uh, <laughs> plenty of activities and entertainment out there at Maple Hill, that's for sure. All right. Uh, yeah, were there any other major storylines that came out of Maple Hill this weekend? I, I don't believe there uh, were. Oh, weather. The- Duh. Yeah, there was. Hell yeah. There was a major storyline. Yeah, right. With Saturday's delay, wind yeah. in... in 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 what I'll call disc golf oh, the pro wind delay. tour precedence, the delay. yeah, the the, delay. there's been other tournaments that have either been canceled or delayed or postponed or whatever due to wind, ultimately windy conditions, overall inclement weather, whatever. But in terms of the disc golf pro tour, with wind being the number one factor, I don't think we've seen it delayed ever before, exclusively due to wind. Not in the disc golf pro tour sense ether yes so that was wild like i'll just say it it was and yet again the internet shows up and is the internet and a few of our players did as well and i just i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm going to say this. If you think the Pro Tour or any of the staff or Seth Muncy or the tournament has anything to effing gain by delaying the tournament due to wind for like any gainful purpose... I don't want to just call you dumb. I want to call you dumb and wrong and dumb. Like... There's nothing to gain. Like, most people out there at the event, in some capacity, have like a an 8 to 10 to 12 to 14-hour day. So if you think delaying play by two or three or four hours or even one hour, you think anybody's excited to do so or there's an <laughs> ego behind calling that. And somebody outright said, Seth Muncy of Disc Golf Strong, who happens to run Disc Golf Strong, even though he works for the tour, needs to check an ego that you don't know Seth, you don't know what the F you're talking about. It's just wrong. 
I cannot scream that enough. It's so ridiculous to think like Seth Muncy's sitting there checking his phone with, by the way, using the likes. I've said this before. The likes of apps and resources that the NFL uses, MLB and MLB uses. I almost said NBA. That'd be weird. But NFL and NBA, uh, like he, they, we pay thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, I believe, to various services and to have meteorologists, which is a word I hate saying, and to have them on call and available to us. So if you think anybody is nefariously doing it or doing it for any other gain for themselves or for the tour, you're, you're ju- it's just dumb. It's just wrong. Yeah, we've we and we've Johnny. seen other events get. I mean, USDGC, I believe the year Germ won, uh, when the hurricane was coming in. That round was delayed because hurricane it was over on. I think it was on hole four. There was a branch that fell when it got really windy, and so well, they pulled everyone the, the off the water, course. The water was so high. Yeah, the water in that lake was so high. Half of five was underwater. Yeah, but and, go on. Yeah, and so we've seen that. I mean, we've seen. God, I remember Nick Hyde when the wind took off, and that was right before a storm. Um, that was, I think, maybe was that Pro Tour? Or was that pre Pro Tour? Yeah, that's Pro Tour. That's Pro Tour. Yeah, yeah the, I, I uh, it was it, April of twenty seventeen, yeah. and and it did end up raining and and lightning, but the it started with wind, and I think it was Jones mm-hmm. was it Jonesboro a couple years ago, or was that Idlewild? I think it was Jones. Eh, I don't remember. One of them. Uh, Idlewild, Idlewild, Idlewild. Idlewild in 2017 or 18 yeah, that was, was insane. There were there were tents blowing away, yes. like staked down tents that still were blowing away. Tons yep. of stuff got destroyed that day. It was it was overall thunderstorms <laughs> that had wind mm-hmm. and rain. Yes. But so like, I just and again, it's the pro tour and we're in a new era of the pro tour where we have a I mean, back then, almost no spectators. You're talking a handful of people that it, very easy to get everybody dozen, off. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, exactly, a couple dozen that are easy to you know. Hey, you round them up. They're probably following the lead card or Paul, wherever he happened to be. Get them off the course. We're talking now four, five, six hundred people on the course. Maybe more if it's a final day. Like the pro tour has like actual responsibilities to their public because if someone gets hurt and there was. My understanding is there was a very small branch that fell and hit someone in the head. There was no injuries with it. It, you know, some might call it a twig. I don't know, but it still fell due to the wind and kind of clipped somebody. Okay, whatever. It just shows that there is a responsibility. So I, I don't question, and I hope, and nobody should question the safety aspect of that because I think even Matt Graham was saying on on, on Facebook or something. That when it got to be that windy yeah. with gusts of fifty miles an hour, he said, "Stop and listen. You can hear the trees creaking." It just you, you have. Well, to, but you, I read somebody that said <laughs> trees are literally built to blow in the wind. Like I that's know. that's how they're designed. I think that was the word. Uh, trees are I mean, literally designed to blow in the wind. Cool. Well, I, I, <laughs> I mean, up to a point. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, and, I anyway, just, I, I think I, it was I, silly I, to have for people to question any for anybody players or spectators to question the the pro tour and and i know i'm, I'm gonna throw a big germ under the bus here because he was one that made a, a specific post i think he was up on the top of 11 or something at the time um mm-hmm. 
10 or 11 and was saying 12 or 14. Yeah, yeah. he he was at yeah. the T of yeah, 11 and 13. 13, 13 yeah, 11 sorry. and 13. Thank you. Yeah. And so I when they called it, he was looking around like, hey, there isn't much wind going on. And it was the gusts, which is when they called it back to going on. He made another post saying, now look how windy it is. But it, it was really, it wasn't so much the sustained wind, although that could be a factor. They were more worried about the big gusts, which were hitting like 40 to 50 miles an hour. Not necessarily the 30 mile an hour sustained winds that they were getting at times. Anyway, just people want to complain about something and there's always there's always a reason for something for somebody to complain about well i'll put a button on it regarding germ he made a post which seemed like he was second guessing and and kind of ripping on the tour and then he and then he came back with a second one well kind of with the same mentality and then made a third post saying guys yep. guys guys I wasn't questioning anybody I was just making jokes those whole time whatever his angle was at any point of those three uh videos that he kind of posted I felt like it missed the mark yeah he um, he missed the mark and with again, the first if he wants to be funny that that's fine but he, he no matter how he intended it, it clearly missed some marks out there. And somebody posted and said, but didn't you see what Big Germ posted? And I'm, I'm not yeah. taking Big Germ's reporting at face value. So that's, that's what I'm <laughs> he's, not, the, he's not the, a the, weatherman, right? he, he, although he dresses like it. <laughs> uh, here, here's what I'll say from the player's perspective. Is it frustrating when you're delayed and it's horrible weather? Yeah, absolutely. You want to just keep going and you feel like, yeah, and you feel like, boy, I'm in it. Why aren't they in it? Mm -hmm. And the timing of it being right before the lead card, Mm -hmm. I I would say all of this, the delay itself, just the the things that surrounded it, were going to put Seth Muncie and the Disc Golf Pro Tour, Jeff, in a position to be questioned. Because you stand up there and you say, we're delaying it now. What is it, two degrees or two miles an hour less, five miles an hour less? But what it was is they had an incident. They had to stop play, investigate that incident, check on a lot of other things. I guarantee you they weren't just sitting up in the sap house. I know Seth Muncy, and in fact, I spent some time with him in Portland while he brought an arborist out to the Portland Open, they're literally trimming branches that were above baskets, above tee pads, for safety purposes. Seth is all about player safety, the safety of the spectators, staff, volunteers, all of that. They had that incident. They had to investigate it, come up with a plan, look at the weather. They see that the wind is going to subside just a little bit. Now, not a lot. It was still the edge of a hurricane that was heading up the eastern seaboard. And all of those conditions, and a lot of people on the internet were arguing this, were playable. Yes, they were. But it's different from when you're just out there by yourself, playing with your buddies, putting your own life on the risk, versus Seth Muncy, Jeff Spring, the Disc Golf Pro Tour team, who has, as Johnny said, upwards of a 1,000, if not more, people's life on the risk on you know to think about and so it's unprecedented but we learn from unprecedented moments we this becomes data this is something that now has happened and when it does happen again it won't be unprecedented 
you know. Um, I, I think of back at Des Moines. Right? Yeah. We think of Des Moines when that huge storm was coming through. Everybody's looking around going, yeah, it's God, sunny it out. looks pretty nice no out rain, here. There's no wind. And it's if you're sunny from, out here. If you're from California, you don't know. You, can there's say it. A, oh, you don't know nothing. <laughs> I, there's another word I would normally use. You just don't know what you're, you're like, whoa, it's actually pretty nice. And all of a sudden the wind's down yeah. because this is what the term is called, the calm before the storm. They got these people out of there. It's a safety perspective. You come back the next day, you finish. I, everybody has their opinion on all that stuff. I think the way that it was handled, even in the minds of the Disc Golf Pro Tour, Maybe they had something to learn there. They could have done it differently. But I think with how they did it, not only do we get the players back on the course, nobody was injured, and we still got the round in. I think job well done, ultimately. Yes. I don't know. I just... Yes, it is It is so frustrating, and, and it's one thing to say something stupid, but then when you double down and you give your reason and you sound even dumber and you say things like Seth Muncy's ego, like I just couldn't think of anything more <laughs> dumb and inaccurate this weekend. I could, well, there's a few guys, but the, it's just, it's so inaccurate. And, and let's be real, too, nobody in the control room, nobody in the booth, like nobody benefits and and finds pleasure or or truly a nobody wants their day longer in things getting yeah in things getting delayed. So I'm just going to go on the record and say all of that. Uh, it, it did amaze me uh, how many people. Yeah. Anyway, no, no, this isn't to say everybody does everything perfectly. We all know that. Like no, you said, there's stuff not. to learn. Oh, absolutely. But like I would much rather err on the side of of caution here. And then to have something else. And that's not to say next week when it's perfectly nice out, a tree still couldn't come down on the lightest of breeze. Of course. Oh, of we know. course. Things can happen. But And they do all the time. We're s- right? yeah, when a tree falls in the wood, nobody's around. Well, yeah, remember remember at Smugs when Haley was standing on hole, I think it was 16, and there was like a dead tree off to, kind of yeah, behind her to the right, psh, and it yeah. just like fell, and she kind of... Didn't even yeah. hardly, hardly react because like, she's Haley King. But yeah, uh, golf fans out there, like big golf fans, people that watch golf week in and week out, like I do, you'll remember the Masters. Th- yeah. The Masters this of year all place almost killed some people, a didn't ma- it? Yeah. This year, a massive tree almost freaking killed somebody. Yeah. And what did they do? They stopped everything. They got it all cleaned up. And of course, the weather was a huge story at this year's Masters. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it happens to the best of us, even in conditions when you think we can play in this. Yeah. You know, I've, mm-hmm. have you ever seen the video of the guy putting in Emporia? Yeah. The wind. Yeah. Putt. Uh, yeah, he's on the edge of that there, little yeah. pond yeah, and it goes a yeah. hundred feet behind <laughs> him. We've played in these conditions. Of sure. course we can play in these conditions, but when it comes to safety, that's when you got to stop and say, Let's let's look at this. Yeah, yeah, but I played in I played in sixty mile an hour winds once. <laughs> this is no different. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. We're gonna yeah, otherwise yeah. I'll belabor for an hour. Yeah, you are. You like to do that. Uh, we're gonna segue to an unfortunate topic. A place that may not have to worry as much about trees falling is going to be the IDGC because they're gonna take them all down. <laughs> um, we found out just today. 
I know they're, it's it's like thirty seven acres or twenty five acres or something. They're they're cutting down at the IDGC due to some beetle infestation, which means that they are now going to be moving the Champions Cup from early season until the very end. It's going to be the last week of October into early November, I believe, is what they said in the article. Because Whoa. they're going to have to redesign. Oh, that's just the PDGA board for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're just doing it because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. They want to be the center I mean, of attention. Tamber gets to come to Bend in November. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they're, they're actually like taking down, I think, 25 or 37 acres or something of trees. And they're going to redesign uh, W.R. Jackson. Nine acres. Um. Okay. They're, yeah, which unfortunately I say is all wow. almost almost the entire area of WR Jackson. So they're going to have to redesign the course. Wow. So next year we're going to, assuming everything goes well with the redesign, I, I'm crossing my fingers that we're going to have a whole new course at the IDGC. Mo- well, multiple new courses, but a whole well, new course. Now you're planting grass. We're play. You're planting grass. You're putting OBs yeah. up. I like. And, you, well, you're still going to have all the elevation. Which is great. Oh, there. they have already determined the actual specific date. Yeah, October thirty yep. first through November third. Didn't I just literally? Well, say I know that? you just said late. <laughs> I, no, I thought you said late season. I don't. I didn't no, know no, you, I, I literally said. Did, I, I, I said late October out. into early November. Yeah, okay. like that last week. Well, I'm so. saying spe- okay. Specific date yeah. is the thirty first through the third. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's yeah. So Holy which is cow. really it's going to be really interesting because we've seen if we want to and we'll talk about this next year. I'm sure. Right now. The end of the season is booked this year. Next year, we got Worlds, USDGC, Tour Finale, and then Champions Cup all at the end. Like within a, with, within Dang. a month and a half, two months. Like that's so yeah, com- that's t- tough. So compressed to have. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, whether or not it's good to have, because we see Worlds moving later and later in the season. More and more injuries are happening later as as the year goes on. You know, do you want, would you rather have Worlds at a time in like June or July when your players are maybe almost at the peak of their playing and they're the most, I want to say the most, but there's a lot less tear on them, wear and tear on the players as opposed to when you get down to this point at the end of the season where this, it just yeah. it's a grind. So we're going to see next year. I would really love it, and obviously I have no advanced knowledge, and I doubt it's going to happen. It would be awesome if USDGC were to bump up. Like almost flip-flop with Champions Cup. Like if we could get USDGC earlier in the season. Oh, geez. Sure. Mm. Otherwise, I feel like mm. we're so compressed. Yeah, no, I don't think it's going to happen just because uh, what, the, what they do, what they're – I mean – I'm sure they've talked about it, but I'm, there's also contracts with Winthrop and all these other places and all these other things that they need to think about as far as working. You're cutting four months out of their prep time, so it would be probably yeah. a little bit more difficult for them. I would love to see it. I don't think it's going to happen because I feel like next the end of next season is going to be just a shit show. <laughs> and just of, uh, yeah, I don't want to say a shit show, so but it's just wild. so compressed. It's so, it's going to be so busy and to have all these big well, events. It's just hard to have, it's hard to have major, big, major tour, ch- like mm-hmm. major, like all of a sudden you're going to have life changing moments, like all so close. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen really. 
in any sport that has that's an individual sport, you think about the four tennis majors, they're from January all the way through August. The four golf majors, now they did redo the golf schedule this year to where it's like a major a month throughout the summer because they're trying to get in between football, the end of football and sure. the beginning of football because a lot of their rounds finish on Sunday. So it it it's tough, man. It's tough. I like scheduling that that having the Champions Cup be that late does throw a big wrench into even the preparation for the players. Yeah, and and it's going to be a whole new course, obviously, and everything else. Yeah, there's so, true. There's so much to it. So I, I, we could all sit back for another hour, all three of us and, and the board. Think oh, I could about easily do that. A hundred different ways that it could get. <laughs> we cut like to out. do that. But I, I would have to assume. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I would have to assume that everything that we could possibly say right here has already been said mm-hmm. and thought about. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. work through. Well, you'd hope. Um, you'd you hope would. Anyway. You would hope exactly. Yeah, I. Yeah, because my mind continues to just think of all the different ways that you look at it. But, well, that that is really big news. I, I saw the news of the course, but I didn't fully process everything about how uh, how impactful it was going to be in terms of the play and then the scheduling for next year. So that's mm. crazy. I just saw it as kind of a headline of, oh, there's some so, beetle infestation and and they have to do some stuff out there. But it's it's major. Yeah. It's literally wow. a major. All um, right. So, so major. Terry, hail, <laughs> and, and maybe maybe more so Nate. I think about one person right now who's Paul Macbeth chasing Ken Climo. Does this almost advantage him a little bit to maybe he can take the beginning of the season off, let really heal up? Yeah, I mean get, that's why they're doing this. That's oh, entirely that, why oh, they're doing all. I this. I heard Paul yeah, release the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, he put the Beatles in the trees. But I mean, think if you've got no early Beatle. season, <laughs> if you've got no early season major, what what does he really have to come back for? Because we all know he doesn't give. I mean, he cares. I'm going to put that in quotes about the elite series events, but he doesn't really care. You know, he cares about the majors. And if you're going to stack the majors at the end of the season like this, why wouldn't you just take all that extra time? To, to you know, don't even start playing until May, and then then start to ramp your well, season up. Uh, and I don't disagree with you. I think taking time off is critical. I think Paul will play if his body will allow him to play. Yeah. He's, he's he's a competitor, a competitive person. Do <laughs> I? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you a hundred percent that he can lighten. And I'm not in no way am I saying what Paul should do. I just want to be very clear <laughs> about that. I'm just using I'm just talking in like a broad sense here. Could he lighten his early season schedule say until May when things really start to ramp up? He can go out to California, play in Oregon, you know, head back into the Midwest, go to Europe if assuming he's 100%. Yeah, I think that's good, but also we seen it we seen it with Ricky this year. Coming in late, it it does put you behind the eight ball. Right, it's like coming in game six in the NFL season, right? Because now you're going against guys who've had five or six games already played, and I think there's a there's a fine balance there. So maybe a lighter front end, so that when that that European Open, Worlds, USDGC Champions Cup run comes, so it's going to be like mid July till November. He's peaking. Mm-hmm. I could see that being an option. Yeah, it. Uh, and 
Who knows? Uh, like you said, it, I mean, it's the same conversation for why he's not playing at the end of this year, right? Uh, it's his health and his child, and next year those will both be part of that conversation as well. So we'll see. And, I, and I wonder if it'll affect uh, not it, just Paul, but all the players as to their choice in events next year. Some of the players that can maybe take a few extra events off if they will choose to um, just to try to stay healthy for the end of the season. So. Because I mean, look again. Yeah. We, uh, own, look at look at own this year, who's wear and tear, and, and she's uh, you know hopefully she heals up, but she's been broken at the end of the season with her arm and and still taking third place and second place, and uh, but I, I don't know. Owen I, I just, is also out there throwing more shots than yeah. than uh, most normal people with the amount of practice that she continues to put I, in. I mean, listen, incredible. she yeah, she may you, even just have to lighten her practice load to some degree, too. Are you saying that every player is not out there throwing 300 putts after every round like she is practically? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I, I don't think so. No. Uh, speaking of majors tomorrow, flex start here in Bend. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I am again announcing tonight. Uh, announcing tonight officially. Registrations are rolling in. They're literally coming in Look as at we you. speak. Yes, just for the flex of it. Part two. Yes, uh, down to the day. Essentially, last year on on Wednesday, in between these two events, I hosted a just for the flex. Well, it of was it. actually between GMC MVP. Was it? Because yeah, because women's nationals was earlier in the year. Oh, yeah, but yeah, you're right, same you're right. timing. Same same timing though by yeah. by a day. Yeah, uh, it was the 21st last year. This year's the 20th. It's still on the Wednesday. So just for the flex of it, part two, we've got registrations rolling wow, in. Wow, they are rolling in. Literally. And uh, we just got it all announced and locked in today. Uh, we're halfway to the point of of success in my eyes. I think we've got about five registrations. I thought, well. It was a late start, so if 10 come in, I'll be happy. But All right. No, seriously, if you're in the area, of course, if you happen to be listening now and only now, will do you any good. But uh, flex start taking place out here in bed, which is going to be kind of cool. That essentially will – I was thinking about this before I came over. That means I'll have run a tournament essentially in Estonia and in Bend, Oregon, both within the same month. Uh, so that feels pretty cool. So come on out and play. That's the Discord. I just hope I don't have to delay it, you know, due to high winds. And, you know, that will be Smoke. all ego. Perhaps we'll have the AQI. AQI, shit. <laughs> AQI. It is a little bit smoky yeah, here. We, we've, we've been running about 70 for the last couple of days. We'll see. And and Which the, is legit. Disc Golf Pro Tour number is a 150 AQI. It's 150. Below that okay. is safe. For healthy individuals, it is un- it is unsafe for people that are at risk, right? Okay. People with so if you're COPD. at risk, don't come out tomorrow. I don't I don't want you to yeah no to no, be no, in danger. No COPD people. Yeah, but everybody else, come out and play tomorrow. Ten to five is when I'll be sitting at the park and uh, taking in registrations or pay online and then show up and uh, we'll see you out there. So another day out at. At the Pine Pines. Nursery. Pine hopefully, nursery. hopefully, you get a big women's contingent that then just flies over to <laughs> the East Coast for the USWDGC. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean, I expect I expect a pretty good turnout for. Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe not. So, uh, real quick, let's just touch then on uh, upcoming major. Of course, we're hoping to have the champion, maybe even the TD as well next week. But uh, upcoming, I think the biggest storyline. There's two. It's twofold. One, it's a very quick turnaround. We all know that uh, from just playing at MVP to then get down to Burlington, North Carolina. And two, I think the, the even bigger storyline to it is the fact that this is a course we haven't seen. 
This is a course that's essentially new to our players. It, it hasn't been uh, a silver event. It hasn't been an elite series. It hasn't had a major there that they've played anytime. And I think those are the, the two biggest factors. And, and it being a new course, probably the number one factor for sure. So we'll see how that's going to shake out. Yeah, and I mean, really, I mean, the biggest storyline is, is can Christian complete <laughs> the... Tatar slam. <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. I mean, uh-huh. this is this is the fourth major. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because throw pink while it's happening at a men's major mm-hmm. is and correct me if I'm wrong. An it's open n- major. Yeah. Uh, the, sorry, the open side of that event, mm-hmm. which is the USDGC, that is a major. But the throw pink is not considered an actual PDGA major. Right. Correct. It's, it's just an A tier. Correct. No, the throw. Okay. Throw pink. Okay. So it's an A tier. Mm-hmm. So. For Kristen, this is a big moment to win all four majors in a single season. Um, you know, it's affectionately known as the Grand Slam in, mm-hmm. in tennis and golf. So I think that would, you know, that's that's got to be on, on her mind a little bit. Yeah, she admitted as much. Uh, I think it was during the press conference before the MVP even took place. Uh, they had asked, and, and she, you know, in so many words, admitted that she's got her sights set on it. And yeah. it's something that she's thought about. and would be cool to do. I mean, she didn't, you know, profusely, you know, go on and on and on about it as you wouldn't expect her to. No, no. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely in the back of her mind. And um, it, it's it's a feat we haven't seen before uh, on the FPO side, really. So not in modern-day disc golf term, terms anyway. So No, I think, uh, I think JK did it when there was three majors, maybe, for sure. women, like in, two decades ago or it, something. Maybe it was only when she was won two. like a Japan Open Worlds and like the women's nationals. or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that would that would probably be it, right? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it was so only it be maybe the it was two. Yeah, yeah. And she won Worlds mm-hmm. and maybe like the Japan Open, which at the mm-hmm. time was a, was major. a major. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, David asked on the board, "Will U.S. women's live up to the expectations?" Uh, I saw a lot of people out there practicing just from social media posts. Seems like people are enjoying it. Somebody else. Uh, I forget who it was, but one of our FPO players very, uh, you know, explicitly just said they really enjoy the courses. Did uh, you the see course. the post where Kristen? It said, "We love you, Kristen." Mm-hmm. I did. It was like written <clears throat> on the on the. T and sign. I do, and of course, I I hate that for the vandalism perspective. Oh, well, like, course. so don't do say. that. And and I. It, that did frustrate me. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Kristen Tatar had posted uh, <laughs> that uh, there was a a post of one of the T signs this weekend. And it, I think it just says, we love you, Kristen. Yeah, or something I think like something that. like that. Yeah. Like now, I mean, her ego, her ego, assuming that's for her. I mean, there could be other, <laughs> right. But no, seriously, uh, that was written there on it. And uh, she had pictured it. And as much as it's a cute, yeah, cute even is a, is a stretch as much as it's a, it's a sentiment. Don't, don't vandalize T signs. Don't write on a T sign. Yeah. Like, That's good those point. aren't yours. Good point, T-Doc. Uh, no matter what you're trying to convey. There are some videos on YouTube of the course. Yes. Of the course layout that they will be playing for the tournament. So you can go out there and watch those. I know Val was watching those earlier today. Drone she's, flyovers. She's going to uh, watch a little bit more of that tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it looks on camera. It looks pretty wooded, mm-hmm. as you would expect in a North Carolina course. But, um it also looks really well taken care of. So, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see. We'll hope for the best. 
I think I did get a note from our tournament director. Um, he, he, he just says, as you look at the course, keep in mind two things. One, it's less than a year old. And two, it was specifically designed for FPO women. Oh. Which so, is great. A couple of... Interesting. So ba- based on those two things, just off the top of my head, not having seen anything, I am I picture the course as being a little bit rough. If you get off the fairways, probably mm-hmm. we'll <laughs> the term I, I always dislike, the natural OB, um, but j- just mm-hmm. tougher to get when you're off the fairways. And we're not going to see a bunch of seven, eight hundred foot holes. I, I imagine well, it, it does come in at like eighty eight hundred feet. It is not. It's a par sixty nine. The first hole is like seven six ninety something. something. Yeah, yeah. But then hole two is like you know two forty five. Yeah, yeah. I I expect to see length, more though, under. It, it was eighty seven hundred. Yeah. I expect to see more under three hundred foot holes than we used to, than we're used to seeing. Is what I imagine. Not not to say that they'll all be that way. Seven fifty. Well, I'll click quickly rifle through them. They're playing now. Also of note, they'll play the same exact course all four all rounds. All four rounds. Yeah. So five fifty nine, two seventy nine, mm-hmm. eight eighty nine as a par five. Four eighty seven, two forty eight, six twelve as a par five. Hold on. Yep. A six hundred and twelve foot par five. Yep. Keep going. Uh, hole seven is four seventy five. 283, 250, 632, a par, par five. five. Uh, 531, 301. 583, 547, 333, 887, par 5, 328, and 526 to finish it out. So 8750 is not like a little walk in the park. Yeah. So, And when you start to think about that it's a par 69, we just mentioned, and I wasn't scoffing at the pars because of the distance, I'm thinking either these are soft par 5s or... They're wooded, and there's yeah. some right angle North Carolina kind of wooded and and or hilly on top of it. Potentially, <laughs> exactly, as as the board is saying. So, yes, sir. So there, that's there are, what we have. There uh, are some again, course maps, but they're they're not they're they're not as full featured as the DGPT ones. They're Pro tour, as yeah. the kids would say. They're they're mid. They're that, mid, that yeah. The phrase. They're, they're, mid. they're definitely mid. Yeah, mid. That's what a, that's what a tween would say. Eh, mid. <sighs> no cap. So uh, also, uh, just to backtrack and forward track a little, put it all together. The big news seven days ago was uh, Kristen Tatar getting to nine ninety nine. Uh, in mm-hmm. terms of her rating, then people were talking about what she needs to average until the next uh, ratings update, so on and so forth. I think I think my math showed me for the weekend, last time I looked, and I, it may have changed, uh, 999.5 is what she averaged. Somebody unofficially, I think, mentioned last week she needs to average 1,002 until the next update. So I four would... rounds this weekend. When I checked on Sunday, I did not go back and look again. When I checked on Sunday, I think Haley was 1,001.5 as an average, and uh, Kristen was 999.5 as an average. I would only trust Chuck Kennedy to tell me an exact number of what she needs to do. Correct. Because it's all about what rounds fall off. And, and, and I if know. one round skews way off the her normal, then that doesn't count. Yep, standard deviations. And right? all that so I, if yep. she goes out and shoots a round that's 
850. It doesn't even count. It drops. It doesn't count. I believe anything under about 950 drops for her. Because she's at 999? Something like that, yeah. Some standard deviation, cotangent, cosine. Do you guys think... Inverse, something. Trigonometry, yeah. Logic, (laughs) if then, Sine and cosine. Yeah. Do you guys? I got out my TI eighty four. This yep. is a huge thing, of course, and whomever gets to it first, whether it's Kristen or Kristen Page or whomever, I'm mm-hmm. just saying, if it doesn't happen for Kristen, mm-hmm. is it? It's also a factor of this rising FPO field, mm-hmm. right? There's more players at better ratings than there's ever been before. Mm-hmm. And they continue to rise together. The men did that. for Certainly. I mean, I have been around, and so have you, and so has Johnny, <laughs> and I'm not old, okay? I just am saying. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> not as old as you. <laughs> I, remember, I remember the first year that they came out. Uh-huh. You know, they just had to put sure. one on everybody's name. And the men just started to rise together because as the ratings got better, the round ratings got better and it just kind of crept up and up and up and up and up. And of course we've now sort of leveled off mm-hmm. at this like 1050, 1060 gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing with the, with the FPO too. Yeah. I, you it's... know, and it's pretty cool to see, you know, because not only is Kristen setting a new standard for what greatness can be, while while she's been playing, everybody else she's she's bringing everybody along with her. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been amazing to see. And and somebody just said on the board, I, I, all three of us agree. Ratings are not an end all be all. Uh, clearly, we don't talk about them on the weekly. Normally, we're just on the edge of a a new barrier and of something that is truly historic. In that sense, but ratings are not something it's we, a milestone. We it's a milestone yes. to remember. Yeah, so we shall see. It's a uh, pretty cool. Uh, Hannah's on the board saying, joining late with a question about this topic. If, if matters that the top-rated FPO aren't playing well this year, well, Kristen is shooting super hot, right? How dependent is KT's ratings uh, in the others? Yeah. I, I, yeah, how when you distance yourself significantly from other peers and high-rated players, that's always going to give you mm-hmm. uh, a, a a benefit, so to speak, in terms of the ratings. And I'm not going to claim I know how they work. Somebody challenged us last week afterwards and said, uh, basically, that I didn't know. I I don't know. I do not know. I don't have a calculator. Uh, I largely take the word of other trusted people that are smart enough to do some of these things. But there's not a lot of people that know the exact science behind all of it. And I'm definitely one of those people that doesn't understand all of the actual math and details. But I have a general understanding that's, I think, um, well, not idiotic. So that, that that's how I'll qualify it. <clears throat> so anyway, that's what we're seeing. It's a side note to her weekend. Kristen would probably take the win. Over, you know, shooting nine ninety nine and a half from this weekend, she'd much rather have the win. That's more of her concern. But a side note was that uh, she was still playing really good golf in terms of the ratings, and we'll see how they all shake out. All right, uh, 
Yeah, just when I think we don't have any other side stories, they're they're actually left and right. They're everywhere. <laughs> Let me talk. We just got another reg. Let's talk about tomorrow. <laughs> they're rolling they in. Are, they are. I just got another one. So, uh, Stephen, we'll see you out there tomorrow. Yeah, Steve Segura. Uh, yeah. yeah, looking forward to having you. Hey, I was thinking, should we have some bevel? Kent, is there anything that's practical that we could reward our competitors with that I could a, a carrot I could dangle for tomorrow night? Is there, mean, what's, what's the special at Bevel tomorrow? Tomorrow's Wednesday. There's music. Okay. There's live music that'll be happening at Bevel. Um, and half off beers if you played in the tournament. And is that is that what we've got going on? <laughs> no, I, is that what you want? I mean, uh, we can do we. There's half a lot off of your first options. beer. All right, Terry. well, we'll. T- yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or, or your first pitch. Golf guys buying everybody a beer. <laughs> Wait a minute, I ain't buying. Anybody <laughs> you might see beer. a lot more restrictions. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, yeah, we'll, we'll figure we'll, it out. Hey, come on! All these people that are signing up, if you haven't been to Bevel. Come on over. We're yeah, a great, well, we're a great disc golf themed uh, brewery here at Bend, but uh, yeah, either way, come on over. It'll be there's some great music happening tomorrow. Do we have any beer here we should be drinking? Is that what you want? I, I I'm not going to stop us. Is it after show time or is yeah, it sure? Let's get is, into the after or show. is it? It, I don't know. It, we can drink John? beer anytime. It oh, okay. Yeah, oh, so yeah. It doesn't. I but I, I think I didn't know if the FCC didn't let you. Uh, no, no. We can do whatever the hell we want here. All right. Yeah, it's all NA beer. All right, Johnny. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's exactly. right. I'm going to get hammered on it. All right. I am ready to call it for a regular show. And yeah. uh, in the after show, we can have uh, some other chit chat and uh, maybe have a beverage or two. We'll maybe keep it kind of short tonight. But uh, yeah, we're ready. Nate, I want to say thank you for joining us here tonight. Man, seriously, thank you guys. I think I the first the first one I was a part of, I cannot remember that one, but I can remember specifically the first one I did in Johnny V's basement. <laughs> yes. And that one, one we went on for I don't know, six hours. <laughs> yeah, that was a long that was a was, lot. <laughs> Every you know, everybody um, remembers the first time in my basement. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. Whether you're yes. there exactly. some some didn't get to leave. <laughs> whether you're you chained up or yeah, you got <laughs> out. Some, yeah. some whether you're there some. by choice or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um uh so thank you guys for continuing this on. This is 472. I'll never forget the day that Terry and Johnny V told me that they were going to do this and I said they were nuts. Well, but uh still are. <laughs> but honestly without you two guys, Johnny and you Terry, um you know, th- I think things would be a lot different. You guys really have have done a lot for the sport. And I know that all 155 of you watching right now probably agree. And uh, so thank you guys. I'll uh, I'll try to do this at least once a year while Terry is stuck in our little town. <laughs> and I got to tell you, if for him, he gets antsy because it only <laughs> takes 10 minutes to drive across Bend. And he's like, where, what's next? What haven't I yeah, done yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but no. And, and honestly, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I'll be watching in the other room um, while you guys are doing the commentary. So it should be, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Well, thank Thanks, you. Guys. Thank you for yeah. joining us. Uh, we're going to stand down for just a few moments, and then we can get into the after shows, maybe have a beverage or two. Uh, this has been Smashbox TV Podcast 472, our MVP recap. Nate Doss, along with Johnny V, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We'll see you then when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashboxtv.